Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Here's a quick burden of having a segment in Breakfast with Champions. I um, am honored that I get to have an hour-long segment. There aren't a lot of hour-long segments 
in the BWC and I get to have one of those, I find that to be a particular honor because a lot of the people who do have that in this group have a, a, a lot more success than I do if I'm being completely candid. And I always want to get into the room and be like, boom, and be loud. And first at seven o'clock in the morning here in my house, I'm not trying to wake everybody up because then I got to deal with the people that have just woke up. And also I'm just not the guy who's going to yell. But I want to confess this morning that I want to be like, ah, good morning, everybody. I'm so excited to see you or hear you or have you hear me and stare at that one good picture that I thought I could find of me. That's it. But I'm excited. I'm excited to be here this morning, whether you know me or you don't. I'm going to go back into my normal introduction, but I wanted to do like a Pastor Jeff this morning. I want to be like, ah, and have cool music and talk about wherever you are at night or in the morning. Or say good morning, good morning, good morning a bunch of times like Glenn does. I want to do all that. It's just not my jam. It's not how I am. But I'm excited. So back to your regularly scheduled Brad start. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to what we call the War on Mediocrity, a segment where we try to lean in to your successes, celebrations, and revenue by calling out and working around the mediocrity that we accept as business leaders and ourselves, our teams, our leadership, and often even our clients. My name is Brad Caldwell. I'm a brand strategist, multiple-time CEO, and a keynote speaker living down here in beautiful Wilmington, North Carolina. If you've never been, you should come. Tell me. We'll grab lunch. A sincere good morning to everyone who lives, who, who lives, who is live here on Clubhouse. And a big thank you to those that have downloaded the Breakfast with Champions podcast. If you're listening live or catching a replay, do the share thing. The share thing is good. It's how I found out about Breakfast with Champions a year and a half ago. The share button works. BWC works very hard to offer a wide range of content. So if I'm not your jam, that's okay. I'm certain someone else is. Even just this morning, you've heard some brilliant women lead this room, as they always do, um, but lead this room with tremendous content, tremendous content. I am back today after an unexpected break last week, thanks to a stomach bug that I just can't really fully shake. I'm not 100% this morning. I don't feel great, but I'm here with you, and I'm ready to wrap up our small series on the three radical pursuits. Today, we are talking about security. We're talking about security this morning. But before we do, let's recap what we've discussed so far. A few weeks back, I told you that I had heard a lecture over 20 years ago when I was a college student at Elon University, where the speaker explained what he thought all of life's pursuits could be wrapped up in. He mentioned three things. He said, all of life, he said, hinged on our pursuits of purpose, fulfillment, and security. I heard it. It hit me, and I have never forgotten it. In fact, I've spent parts of the last two decades leaning into those three concepts, those three pursuits, to see if it is truly where you and I tend to draw our very bests from. Were we really pursuing purpose, fulfillment, and security every single day of our lives? I've asked myself that question hundreds of times. During our talk on purpose, we talked about a formula for pursuing purpose in life that I learned years ago. If you aren't familiar with the formula that I shared, it's very simple. Gifts plus passion plus values equals purpose. And we covered four keys to help you pursue your own purpose. Then a couple weeks ago, we talked through fulfillment 
and the four keys to pursuing fulfillment hinged on our understanding that removing negatives in our lives does not always mean we have new positives. The removal of a negative is not a positive. It's just the removal of a negative. So then we talked about how letting go of negativity while recognizing the best of fulfillment is found today, not tomorrow. The very best, most fulfilling parts of life come today, not in the future, not in a reflection on the past, but in the now. And then we said the fulfillment is really found in our capacity to serve others. We said that learning how to live a life that holds the door for the person behind you is the seat of fulfillment. I love that idea, holding the door for the person behind you. And then I abandoned you for a week, which seems entirely counterintuitive in light of the subject of security. That's my bad friends. I felt awful, not just awful to miss you, but I just felt awful. I slept in, but if it's any consolation, I slept great a week ago. If you're like me, sleeping great once is a story to tell. Today though, I am reminded of a very recent conversation, a conversation from this week. It's a conversation I had with a good friend, like someone I know and trust and love, but she decided to double down her trust in me and tell me some very personal things about her life that she's dealing with right now. She unloaded, if you will. I had no idea she was dealing with what she was dealing with or that she was having any trouble dealing with it. And she uncorked what you and I would consider to be some real trauma. Now for integrity and full discretion, her husband was right beside her as she was telling me all these things. And to his great credit, he was playing the role of the church choir. If you're unfamiliar, he was just kind of given the proverbial amen every time she said something hard or vulnerable. He was just affirming her over and over again as she was telling me things that they carry together as husband and wife that are particularly hurtful and, and harmful to her. It was a masterclass in spousal support, but that's not the subject for today, but it was awesome to watch. I have a whole new appreciation for the kind of husband that guy is and their marriage. It was cool. And once she told me her story and then she told me why she felt compelled to tell me everything. And then after she unloaded all of it and he amen some more and, and then she explained some more, there was a moment there where I gave my two cents I think it was advice and counsel, but more than anything, it was affirmation. I, I really just listened. But before we get to all of that, let's start with the four factors to pursuing security. There's probably a million, right? These four things. I don't know why I'm stuck on four. But number one, I think might be the most important one. And for some of us, you're gonna balk right at the beginning. You're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna buck me back and say, no, 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 not me. But number one, I think everybody is carrying something. The longer I live around people, the more I believe this is true. Everyone's carrying something. I think it's why parents ask their teenagers too many questions. It's why spouses tend to nag. We see the person that we're sharing our life with carrying something. 
and we know we've carried something, so they've got to be carrying something. So we talk too much about it. We can't leave our kids alone. We can't leave our spouses alone. And we all talk about our pasts far too often as if they were golden or they were tragic and we ignore the present. We've been carrying a load or we see that someone is carrying a burden themselves and we don't know what to say or do. So we just point out the weight of the thing. You look tired. Are you okay? You don't look so good. And in reflection, doesn't that sound horrible? I see you burdened. So I'm just gonna touch it. <laughs> hey, you look unhappy. Boop. And then we just leave it alone. Hey, you look like you're carrying extra weight. When's that ever a good thing to say to somebody? But what if we reframed it today? What if instead of the ability to see that other people are carrying loads on their backs, we stopped to own for a moment that I'm carrying a burden myself, Brad. I'm not speaking in the, in the colloquial you. I'm not trying to say, hey, you need to get better at this. I'm saying, hey, we, hey, Brad and all of you need to be better at owning the burden I'm carrying today. So I'm gonna give you one of mine. My, this is probably my biggest. If you saw my, my interview, I was being interviewed by my, my dear friend, TM Hyman. He asked a question at the end of his interview with me. If you could write a book about yourself, which I'm never gonna do. <laughs> God, what a terrible book. But if you could write a book about yourself, what would it be called? And I think I said, he wasn't supposed to be here. That's what you said, my what friend. was the title That's of the book? Let me tell you why. Thank you, brum brother. Hey, buddy. Good, Good morning, morning, champ. What if I let off today telling you that I wake up every morning a little shocked that I wake up every morning? I am grateful when the alarm goes off that I didn't die last night. And it's not because I have some crazy, like, I'm not, I'm not depressed, I promise. I've had three brain surgeries, three invasive GI surgeries, multiple minor surgeries. I wake up every day of my life with a headache because of a surgery that I got when I was two months old. I've never known a day of my life without a headache. I'm 42. I've never known a day of my life without a headache. We used to tell people all the time, there's Brad. How's he doing? Well, he woke up at a four on the headache scale. How much does it hurt? I started a four every day of my life. All of that is true. But for many of you, you know the guy that loves his wife, brags incessantly on his three sons, is passionate about conveying whatever leadership truths I've learned in the last 20 years onto you. That's also me, but in my heart and often in my head, I'm the guy that really shouldn't still be here. I am hyper aware of my own mortality. Hyper aware that I was born with a condition that kills more kids than it doesn't. And even more kids that live, live a uniquely abled life 
with blindness or being mute, cognitively impaired, physically disabled. But you just know that I'm an award-winning CEO and entrepreneur because that's what we put on our bio. What we don't put on our bio is that I can't explain to you. I can't possibly explain to you how clear it is every day for me that I shouldn't be here. I am a percentage of a percentage of a percentage of chances. Months ago, months ago, I actually ran those numbers for all of you. And it ends up being like that I played high level sports and have successful companies that have been married 15 years and have three awesome, incredibly healthy children is such an anomaly when you were born with the condition called hydrocephalus. You can Google it later. Um, it's not an STD. I said cephalus. It, it kills everybody who gets it. <laughs> Didn't kill me. It debilitates everybody who survives. Well, I'm not debilitated. If you're comparing patients, I wake up at a four. Most people don't wake up who are born with the condition because you can't get it as an adult. Most people who are born with it don't, don't wake up past 17, 18, 19 years. And those who have it don't get to live the life I've lived any day of my life. See, because I woke up today with a 42-year-old headache and a mild surprise that I get a September 3rd in 2022. I carry that. I carry that when I'm singing, I carry that when I am singing to my youngest to get him to sleep, or I'm helping my oldest with his algebra. I hold the thought that death is going to realize one day, oops, that dude's still here and the bill's gonna come due. I'm not afraid of it, I'm shocked, but I carry it. And add to all of that, that I'm shorter than I'd like to be and heavier than I ought to be, louder than I want to be, more extroverted than a normal human being should ever be. And friend, I carry all that weight. A weight that's partly composed of what I can't control and what I can control and even some things I'm learning to control. It's a mess in here. And I'm carrying it. Every single day. And so what I really want to do this morning is affirm that when you message me for help or hope or encouragement, you're messaging a man that's carrying some shit. And I think we're all carrying some shit. Some of us hide it. Some of us show our hand daily. We can't stop telling everybody about our burdens. Some of us aren't even aware of what we're carrying and we live life ignorant of our own daily insecurities and doubts. But everybody is carrying something. And that matters. Why does it matter? Because number two, there is security. Remember, we're trying to pursue security today. There is security in shared burden. 
see if I know that TM's carrying something, not because he's told me, but because we're all carrying something. And I know that Monica's carrying something. And I know that Mary Lynn is carrying something. And I know, I know Dora's carrying something because 13 months ago, 14 months ago, face to face, she told me, I remember Dora. I remember sis. I remember exactly what you said that day. And I remember one day after one of these talks, Mary Lynn to the whole room unpacked something she was carrying. But that means there's still 180 some of you who haven't told me what you're carrying. I just believe that you are. And it's cool to know that we have that in common. Commonality is dope, but commonality is not secure. Me telling you that I think you and I are equal and I don't need to know anything about you to believe that. You don't need a resume to be equal with me. You need a pulse. You and I are eye to eye friend. But Brad, there's a C in front of your job title. Who gives a crap? That's irrelevant. But Brad, you got this thing and I want that thing. I'll share, come get some, it's fine. But when we're talking about actual security, the kind of security that lends from purpose and fulfillment, I don't think it's an understanding that we have a burden. I think it's in the sharing of them, not telling everybody about them, but walking with somebody through them. That friend that shared so much with me recently about her life and past and hurt, she wasn't broadcasting. It was just me and her and her husband in the room in the whole building, actually. She wasn't making a spectacle or asking me for anything. So when someone gives you a peek at their burdens or insecurities or hurt, they're not asking for a Google review. Oh, I was a five-star suffer, man. That sucks. Nope, they know. Most often, we don't even really need input when we're sharing our burdens. What we all generally need is someone to hold the weight for just a second, just a second. Like if you could wrap your mind around the burden that you carry, whatever it is, even just a bit, just a component of it. But if it's truly a burden and you carried it for a long time, and I told you that someone could just walk up to you just for a couple seconds and lift it. You ever have one of those moments where you forgot where it hurt for just a second? It's, it's, the, it's the reason that you can twist your ankle on the game and then get up and keep playing. As soon as the adrenaline goes away, you become acutely aware of the pain, but for just a moment, the adrenaline was lifting you. That's kind of what I'm talking about. The person who walks up and tells your brain it's gonna be okay, and they lift you. That's security. Just for a moment, someone to absorb the things that we are struggling through and let us lean on you. Knowing that I can count on you when I'm on shaky legs, knowing that in spite of my own insecurities that I can hold you up for a moment. You want to get rid of your burden for a second, carry somebody else's. Just hold it for a second. There is nothing about womanhood 
that me as a man in my manhood will ever fully understand. But if you can be around me and not feel like you need to be insecure about your femininity, that's a burden lifted. I will never be a black man or a black woman. But if you know that I know as much as I possibly can know, and if there's more for me to know, you're allowed to tell me. That burden just lifts just a little. Oh, I'm not a scholar on the subject. I don't know if I know more than anybody else or less than anybody else. I don't care. But if I can hold your burden for just a second, I don't have to know it. I don't have to write a book about it. I just need to be able to help you lift it for just a second. And I can do that while being burdened myself. Oh, what a gift to me and my burdens that I could carry yours and forget about mine for just a second. We're in this weird season of humanity where our excesses of information and education and engagement on a global scale has created this weird smattering of callousness in our hearts and minds. We're so quick to judge, classify, stereotype. We become so certain so quickly. And we tell one another that you must be certain in order to be successful. Well, if you're gonna go for it, you better know you're right. What are you talking about? Because right after you say that, you'll tell me that Oprah got fired, nobody listened to Eminem's tracks, Michael Jordan got cut from the middle school basketball team, and nobody who's ever started something they've never done before knew what the hell they were doing. That's why it's called starting something you've never started before. But at the same time, because we're so aware of everything around us, we praise certainty. And it is very hard to be vulnerable with our insecurities when everyone's telling you in order to be successful, you must be certain. So first, let me tell you, that's not how we cultivate security for ourselves or those around us. Frankly, success does not require certainty. I have built two companies. I turned down an offer to buy one of them this week. Let me be super clear. I had no idea what I was doing four years ago when I started Spark. I hoped it would work. My wife, Grace, believed way more than I did that I could do it. I didn't know I could do it. I'd never built a company, never worked for myself, didn't really have a functional definition of entrepreneurship, or I've never cultivated a team just to be around me. I was not certain, I was scared. But I was not alone. My security in the midst of that uncertainty came from those who love me and those who lead me and those who have been where I want to go. I keep three branding books, branding and marketing books on my desk. I have a bunch of books on my desk, but there's three that if you were on a Zoom with me, you couldn't see. But if you asked me to show you, I would just pick them up. They're right there. They're out of view of you, but they are never out of view of me because I am reminded of who has gone before me. One of the books is by the guy who created the phrasing branding. 
it's a long, long time ago, but he wrote that book. And I'm reminded daily that, man, what a leap. He said sales and marketing weren't supposed to be that closely connected and that there's more to marketing than we're giving it credit for. And his background was in packaging. Packaging? He designed packages. Yep. The guy who created branding, the thing I get so much credit for here in 2022, was created by a dude who made boxes. And he went before me. Because there's security and shared burden. There's security in that Marty Niemeyer, that's his name, has been there. There's security in that there are people who were in my life when I was about to start a business who were already leading me. And they heard me. And there was security in the understanding that there were people who loved me, who I could look at and say, I am scared to death. And they didn't just tell me, oh, you're a champion, you're going to win. No. They sat with me and we measured. They say in woodworking, you measure twice to cut once. Friends, we measured 850 times because the guy who had to finally make the cut, me, was freaking out. The guy who was making the cut that would become Spark Business Strategies is not the confident dude on the call with you right now. And those big, often overwhelming areas of life are much easier to navigate when we step out of the isolation that often accompanies fear. And we step into the confidence that comes from shared experience, especially burden. Hear that again. Those big, often overwhelming areas of life are much easier to navigate when we step out of the isolation that often accompanies fear and step into the confidence that comes from shared experience, especially burden. You want confidence in a place you've never been? You better have somebody to talk to. In my experience, that's the best source. So how do we plan right now to pursue security when we're all trying new things, knowing the upheaval that tends to trend globally? We've got so many data points and things pouring into us. How do we make the time to pursue security when it seems so hard? Number three. To pursue security, mind your posture. I am not much of a cultural crusader. I don't have hot button issues that I'm, I deeply believe something about. I think we tend to give present day culture a lot more authority than it's due. This is all going to change. The words will be different. The issues will be different. How we think about those issues will change. I think the real culprit to so many of our insecurities is that we just start too low. We're segregated, separated, compartmentalized, and classified. We have ranks and stations, and we largely just follow them. Or we say, to hell with them, but that's rebellion for the sake of rebellion. We get riled up because some of us just like to be riled up. Go to 80% of the other rooms on this app. 
It's a bunch of people yelling about a bunch of things that a bunch of people really don't care about. We just like yelling. We want to spurn things we don't agree with, we don't like, but we don't know why we don't agree with them or we don't like them. What if we just stood our ground on the foundational principle that I need and that you need? Foundationally, Brad needs. You need. I need help and hope and healing and health and joy and justice. I need a chance to fail and a chance to soar. And you, you need the exact same thing. And the posture I take when I'm about to soar might be in business ownership or brand building, while yours may be in education or professional direction. Maybe it's honest conversations and family healing, whatever it is, the most important step in taking a leap in life is the step just before you take off. If you aren't planted firmly, you will slip and you will miss the jump. And so the leap, now again, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to step on toes. I really am not. That's eh, not true. I like stepping on toes. But that leap that we all talk about, that leap is not manifested. That's, there's a Greek word for that. It's baloney. The leap to where you want to be from where you are is not manifested. If it has a clear starting point and a clear landing point, it's just the path you're on. It's really hard to manifest something if you don't know where you are and where you want to be. You ever thought of that? What if manifesting isn't magical? And really what it is is transformative in your brain. So it's changing your posture. It's realigning you with the steps you're already taking to see where it is that you want to be going. And you make a course correction because that thing you want is not on the path you're standing on. So you adjust. Is it manifestation or is it just movement? See, because the most important step is the one you take before you leap. You've seen it. I'm a kid who was from a quite lower class area of a town in, or in Durham, North Carolina. And you'd run into the woods and you'd jump across the creek. And the kids who made it across the creek weren't the ones who ran the fastest or the ones who had the best stride. The creek wasn't huge. The only people who missed were the ones whose foot slipped as they planted to leap. Everyone else made it. But that step is governed by two very clear destinations, where you're going and where you're coming from. If you know the start and you see the goal and you're racing from one to the other, you must be in a posture that leads to success. And where security is concerned, far too many of us are diving into conflict, change and challenge with absolutely no plan. Culture says to dive into this conflict, so we dive into that conflict, but it is in conflict with where we actually want to be. We become the cultural crusader or the writer of wrongs or the keyboard warrior for our own offenses 
We're offended, and so we're yelling to the world. But there's no sense in uncovering your deepest hurts if you aren't postured to heal. We get so much immediate gratification out of calling out pain and suffering. This is where it hurts. And if we can tweet it, man, that's cool. But tweeting your pain is not dealing with your pain. Tweeting your insecurity is not dealing with your insecurity. And it's the dealing that security is found in. I don't want to just tell you where it hurts. I want to hurt a little less, maybe even heal. And that takes posture. And that posture is rarely found in isolation. Some of my strongest moments have come when those closest to me saw me, heard me, and had my back or my heart or my shaky legs. So let's get really practical this morning. Number four. Security is just stability repackaged. I don't turn to scripture all the time. I'm not even sure I turn to it often at all. But I do know that in Ecclesiastes chapter one, if you're familiar with the Old Testament book, offers us a super practical, super relatable moment when the author writes this, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. It kind of takes the wind out of the sails of all of us who keep talking about doing something that's never been done before, right? Life is a loop of be kind, rewind. Just, just bring it back for all of us. Well, Ecclesiastes reads kind of sad and daunting. I don't take the lack of novelty in this life as a bad thing. I find comfort in knowing that someone else, somewhere else, has been here before. They've handled this better than me or worse than me or just like me. I'm not waking up daily to something that's never, ever been done before. I told you earlier that for all of my fear and all of my doubt and all of my insecurity about my own ridiculous medical history that I couldn't do anything about, I was born with it. That the odds of being who I am today are astronomical. Like one in the like hundreds of millions. Here's the comfort. There are billions of us here. And that's just right now. There's been hundreds of billions of us before. So if the likelihood of me being who I am today, health-wise, still here 42 years later, after diagnosed with something that should have taken my life and bothers me every day of my life, means that I am one in 100 million. It means there's like 20 of us on the planet right now living their life, doing their thing. And I find comfort in that. I find comfort in that the quality of my life was understood when they looked at a picture of me inside my mom's stomach in 1980. And they said, this is what he's got. The only reason they knew that is because someone had had it before. 
They didn't name it that day. It had a name that day. It had a name that day because someone else has been there. There's nothing new under the sun. I'm not waking up daily to something that's never been done before. I'm not competing with Bill Gates who created something that's never been created before or Michael Jordan who did it in a way that it had never been done before or Maya Angelou who wrote it and told it and shared the story of it in ways that had never been done before or whoever. I'm competing against the very best of me and I'm learning from them. I'm trying to beat the best of Brad this morning. And the thought that this life is nothing new is a positive thought for me. I'm buoyed by the hope that one of those people might be one of my people. One of those people who've been there before might be one of my people who are here with me now. And when they stand behind me, holding me up, they know exactly where to strengthen me before I even know where I'm gonna be weak. And for my friends that don't see where I am or it doesn't relate to where they've been, I'm equally grateful to have them on my six, vigilantly supporting without knowing where to support, passionately cheering without even knowing what we're cheering about and holding me accountable to the standards I've told them I wanna live by, even in situations they don't understand. You ever had a friend check you about something in your life and they didn't know what they were talking about, but it was a really good check. Like they nailed you and you knew they didn't know what they were talking about. That happens to me all the time because I share my burdens with my people because I want those burdens to get smaller. And I know that I don't know what tomorrow's burdens will be, but there's gonna be some. So if I don't address today's burdens today, I'm just carrying that crap over tomorrow. So I'm gonna go ahead and pursue security by letting my people lift me. Because security is a messy pursuit. If you go back and you hear the talk on purpose, so clean and clear and calculated, a good talk flowed had a good good outline I was, I was proud of that one that was easy fulfillment very much the same way what's cool about fulfillment is it's not a concept we all talk about so much you know you don't have the fulfillment driven life you got the purpose driven life everybody talks about purpose when you ask somebody what's your why what you're really asking is what's your purpose we don't talk about fulfillment that often so I was enjoying the aha moments that come with a talk on fulfillment, but it was ordered and it was organized and it was clean and it was clear. And then two weeks ago, as I was planning this, writing my notes, breaking down my outline, I was like, man, this is chaos. There's crap everywhere. How do I put all this together in a clear thought? And then they hit me right at the end. Security is so messy. Security requires trust, but trust can be misplaced. Security demands belief, but some of our beliefs just end up wrong or shallow. Security begs us to be honest about our past and also our future hopes and dreams and goals. And sometimes we fail at those. Of the three pursuits, security is by far the trickiest. 
To find life's greatest purpose, you often have to leap. Okay, got it. To be granted the greatest fulfillment in life, you often must love without the promise of reciprocation. I understand. Sir, service first. Got it. But security is kind of oxymoronic with this life. But yet here we are pursuing it. Nevertheless, purpose energizes fulfillment fuels. Security doubts. But why? I think we doubt security because we aren't great at evaluating ourselves. I can see everyone around me, but I don't analyze me. Now let's make a delineation here real quick. I don't mean I'm not good at judging me. Oh, oh, I can cast judgment on myself in a millisecond. I can shame me, demean my goals, say that my dreams are too small or that are they're too big and I can't possibly reach them. I can judge Brad faster than I can judge anything in the world. Things I love and things I hate, I can judge Brad way faster than all of those. But evaluation is not judgment. What we need to focus on is honesty with ourselves. There's three things to ask yourself in self-evaluation. Can you see the past? Don't live in judgment of it whether it's a past that you wish you didn't do or a past you wish you didn't experience, or if your past was awesome, but it didn't have anything to do with you or your past was awesome. And today's not as awesome as your past was, whatever it is, don't live in judgment of it. Just see it. Your past is where you came from. So see it, see your past. That's my, that's my hope for you is that you can see the past. Someone's got a hot mic, you can mute it. Thank you. See the goals. Don't get lost in the daydream. See the goals, but don't get lost in the daydream. Map out how the present leads you to the future that you dream of. And if it doesn't, move. Don't pray about it. Don't channel, don't make a vision board. Just move your, I won't do it. Move your feet, move. One of the best quotes I ever heard coming from a pulpit was when the pastor said, a lot of us spend our mornings praying about things God's already told us about. And God said, move, so you said, pray. Just move. If you can see the goals and you can't see how they connect to your present, move until you can. And then the third way to evaluate yourself is to see who runs with you. Who are your people? And let me be clear. I don't mean your drinking buddies or the people you love to sit around and gossip with. Some of us need to raise the level of our connections because we aren't finding security in our current pool of people. If you don't trust the people that you're with, with the things that you hold dear, that bring you the most doubt, that give you the most insecurity, that raise your blood pressure and lower your hope. If you don't have people that you can share that with, you need new people. 
Those people suck. Might not be their fault, might be yours. I don't know and I don't care. But if we're talking about pursuing security today and you don't have people you can share with, go get you some people. I don't care if you find them in a chat room or in the local bar, in the pickup line at school, it's irrelevant. Find people. And as we wrap, serious but simple questions, how are you doing? Where are you in these three pursuits, purpose, fulfillment, security? Especially today, as messy as it may be, are you feeling secure? Would you say you are actively pursuing more security? How is it going, friend? We have 14, 15 minutes left. For those of you who are unfamiliar, this is when I just open the mic. You can say what's on your heart. You can ask me a question. I will try my best to answer it directly right off the cuff. If I fail at that, I'll send you the answer to the question later. I promise. So mics are open. What you got, friends? Hey, Brad TM, man. Great segment as always, my friend. I just love how you pour, man. Your pace uh, is just, man. It's just right, right? I mean, you you allow us the opportunity to lean in and listen hard. I I love the idea that you don't need certainty to be successful. Um, Congratulations uh, on the offer of of your business, man. And um, just all of your successes. And I just appreciate you, the value you bring uh, in the substance. It's all about the substance and back-channeling with a few people. Uh, And and Mary Lynn said that, you know, this is a self-reflecting Saturday. And, um, you know, this entire hour, has been just that as I've been listening to you, right? Just self-reflecting. And so just appreciate you. But what what stuck with me was raise your level of connections and you don't need certainty to be successful. Um, that, that has certainly encouraged me uh, as I'm aspiring to bigger and better things. But uh, I know I'm not the only one encouraged by that this morning. Thank you, sir. Well, my friend, we've, we have talked about it uh, one-to-one. And I know the big things you aspire for. And if I knew how to get there, I would I would draw the map. Um, I don't know how to get to where it is that you're going, but I have all the confidence you in the world that you're going to get there. And then I get to celebrate. And I told you so, um, <laughs> which I look forward to, friend, because I'm not that good of a person. I look forward to just laughing and telling you I was right. Um, anybody else? We got to unmike. We got time. Hello. Hey. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm great. You're, How are you? I'm amazing. I'm from New Orleans. And um, yeah, what inspires you? What's your Mardi Gras? Like, what can you do without those three books that's on your desk? Like, what do you do to unwind? Unwind? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> I and, and that and I don't think that's prescriptive of a life well lived is to be able to not be able to unwind. But um, like the super, the super quick, like a uh, slightly more detailed professional life is that I own two companies. I run four companies and I oversee the branding and marketing for 14 companies right now on a global scale. So I get two o'clock in the morning calls from India and seven o'clock in the morning calls because it's the afternoon in Western Europe. And I get calls on the West Coast. I have clients in California and Arizona and Washington State. And I live right here on the East Coast where the higher concentration of my clients are. And I oversee a team of 10 people. 
um, in the one company and a team of six in the other company. And I run two of the largest networking organizations in Eastern North Carolina. And that's my life. And I didn't mention that I have a 13 year old an eight year old and a three year old. And I actually do like talking to my wife, which based on that list sounds like it's hard to find time to do. I don't need a clap. I just, that's why I'm not going to unwind. I just, I'm busy and I, I, I made myself this meal. So I choose to eat it every day and I'm okay with that. So I think there's the recognition. I think what gives me solace on bad days is that the mix isn't bad. The ingredients aren't wrong. The meal doesn't taste any different than it always tastes, but sometimes it rains and that mm. just changes the way the meal feels. And on a rainy day, oh, well, it'll stop. It'll stop raining. I, I'm going to keep working. So I don't really, I don't unwind very well. I do have, like, I listen to albums, like old jazz albums. Like I have, there's record players all over this poor house, my poor wife. But oh, beautiful. old jazz music. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. My name's Ty's Flowers from New Orleans, and I'm out. Thank you, Brad. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much for the question. Uh, all right, guys. Come on, we got 10 minutes. Hi. Good morning, it's Shantae. How are you, Hi, brother? I am good, friend. How are you? Good. Uh, I want to say it was two weeks ago. Um, either, I can't remember if it was Dora or Tim that brought up the, I lost my uncle um, this summer mm. and he was a father figure for me. Like I, I never knew my father, but when I tell you I had some kick-ass uncles who literally didn't leave me fatherless, like, and then experiencing success at the same time. You know, I don't quite know where to put that because I lost not only him, but my mentor, like around Christmas time, the previous year, like it just, I don't, I'm starting to hear people bring up this stuff. And I think when, I think it was Dora that opened that conversation, like it just, I don't know, it made me feel less alone. And I guess I'm just wondering, like, where do you put that? Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how are you to feel? with success and losses at the same time. I don't, I don't know if yeah, that Yeah, Shantae, I think that's such an honest question. I think that's good. And actually, you're right. Uh, Dora Maria did talk about um, losing, I think it was her uncle, uh, not too long ago. And um, she is a phenomenal example of someone who has um, lost people she truly loves and can love them deep and is very good at articulating how important they were to her. But I think um, for you, for her, uh, we've all lost something or someone. And I think it's, we, we, have, we have a weird tendency with loss to turn our mourning into a regret about the future, which is kind of nonsense because it's the future. Uh, there are people who are still alive today who five years ago were very vital and now they're not a part of my present. I didn't, I didn't regret losing them. It was a part of the path. And I think what's an honor uh, in my life today is that you know, I don't have any of my grandparents here, but my dad's parents supported me more consistently with, with more sincerity than anyone has in my life, maybe other than my wife and my children. And so when I see the love my wife has for me, I know it's a standard my grandmother set for me. And I rejoice 
that she put me in the position to marry way, way above my pay grade. Go on my Instagram and look at my wife. And if you find something that she's talking in, you're going to hear not only is her <laughs> does she have a sweet voice, but she's super smart. So she is smarter than me and pretty. And I'm not even, she's not even prettier than me. She's pretty. I'm not. She's pretty. Our kids are great because she's a rock star mom and she's a fantastic nurse. And I get to celebrate that my grandmother set that standard in a little boy when I was eight. And my grandfather reminded me that it was worth it when I was a little boy when I was eight. And when I lost my best friend in high school, when she died in a car accident, she set me on a standard for what real friendship was. And I didn't even know it until, oh gosh, 10, 15 years later. I wish I had had the wherewithal and the emotional intelligence to celebrate it in that moment and see what's great about you. And the question that you've asked, Shantae, is that you're reckoning with having the emotional intelligence to celebrate in the midst of loss, which is something I think all of us wish we had. And as you're, as you're doing it, there's almost this like, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this, but you want to honor your uncle, celebrate, celebrate. It sounds like he lifted you up into the successes that you're finding, the confidence that you have, the intelligence that you walk in, the way you carry yourself, the expectations you have for father figures in your life. Wow, what a testimony. You want to honor that man? Don't don't worry about whether or not you're weeping as, as much as you need to or mourning as much as you need to. Just make sure you're stopping to celebrate the garden he helped you plant. Because that's tremendous. That's so impressive. And it, it's a great place. It's so nice when we can reflect back on people that we've lost and still get security from the memory to be able to know that you have been truly, genuinely, self-sacrificially loved is a gift. It's a huge gift. And it sounds like he granted it to you. So um, I don't, I think you're doing a phenomenal job honoring him, sis. Phenomenal job. That's a great question. That's like some good questions already. All right, guys, we got about four minutes to go. Anybody else want to open their mic? Throw out a question, comment, statement, whatever you want. Brad, good morning. I'm, oh, I love her. Oh, ahead. it's Mary Lynn. I'll, I'll let you go, Linnell. I know time is short, but I just want to say, I'm just so glad you said that the shit word. We are all carrying some shit. And it's true. And I didn't know you were carrying that. I wouldn't have suspected that. And mm. it, it makes it okay for people to talk about it. So thank you for that. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I talked to Glenn uh, Lundy when I first started this segment. We were on a Zoom call and I said, hey, Glenn, I love Jesus. Um, he said, yeah, me too, Brad. I said, yeah, but I cuss a little. And he was like, that's okay. Just keep it, you know, P PG, Brad. Keep it PG. And so I've tried. Um, so I'm always good in about once, once a segment. I'm going to say something I probably shouldn't have. That was it. I'm glad it, I'm glad it helped. Uh, there's one other person who unmiked. 
Brad, good morning. It's Linnell. Uh, uh, just... There she is. Hey, sir. How are you? I'm good, friend. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for asking. I, I love this segment. I love the, the point that you made about don't get caught up in the daydream. And then also um, allowing your your past not to judge it, but to evaluate it. And that's what's going to help you propel into the future. I thought you made such great points this morning. I'm sorry you wake up every day with a headache, but I'm definitely glad that you're here. This is Linnell, the soul mentor. I'll go ahead and mute myself out. Thank you, Linnell. I mean, the, the way, I, well, that grandfather I was just talking about, like, so Native American, second grade education, uh, don't think I ever saw him not wearing a flannel shirt and a trucker cap and ratty blue jeans unless he was working. He was a house painter back when people just painted houses. And he um, he said one day I had a really bad headache and he was at the house and he said, it beats the alternative, son. That's all he said. It took me forever to figure out what that meant. So I'd much rather have a headache than a headstone. So I'm still here. I'll be all right. But thank you, sis. You know, I appreciate you. We got time for maybe one more. Hey, Someone wanna... Brad, I got you. Whoever, okay. who has a question? I just have a question about your quote that you wrapped it up when you were uh, pondering about your segment for this week. And it was something about messy and I really liked it, but I don't remember it. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> oh, if you guys can see my notes. I mean, sec security is a messy pursuit. Thank you. Yeah, security is a messy pursuit. Oh, thank I did. I don't have that in my notes as a quote. So cool. Um, I'm glad it sounds quote worthy. Um, yeah, I think I just think it's just true. Security is messy. It's just messy. It's made of stuff that we don't all always believe in. It requires trust. We don't always trust trust. It requires belief. We don't always believe in belief. It begs us to be honest. We don't like being honest with ourselves or about ourselves. We don't like doing it. And those are the things that security is made out of. And I think that's, if you wanna be successful in security, you gotta trust, believe, and be honest. And that's just messy. Oh, that is miserably messy. Got a minute to go. Anybody wanna jump in with a final Brad, quick thought? Uh, yes, quick question. I need to know the three books that sit on your desk. Please oh, and thank you. Okay, the three books that sit on my desk, The Brand Gap, by Marty Niemeyer, pocket full of dew or dough, depending on what you think Chris Doe's name is. And then a book called Guerrilla Marketing. It's old, it's easy and inexpensive strategies for making big profits from your small business. It's written by uh, Jay Conrad Levinson. So those are the three books. Thank you very much. Uh, they, yes, ma'am, it's my pleasure. I hope that I hope that's helpful. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. I have no idea what we're going. This is the first time I've ever done a series um, with this segment, so that was fun. I hope the three pursuits have been encouraging for you. If you have any questions about them, you're welcome to shoot me a note. I do have a lot of notes on it, and I can send you all of that stuff. Or if I referenced a quote or a book or something, I can find it in my notes and give it to you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat 
at the table.